This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Requipped. Requipped is the premier leader in repurposing game-used hockey sticks into cool and unique products like barbecue tools, bottle openers, snow brushes, and my personal favorite, ice cream scoopers. Requipped receives sticks from 19 NHL teams, 60 clubs at the NHL, NCAA, and junior levels such as CCM, True, and uh, Warrior. They've repurposed over 57,000, that's right, 57,000 sticks to date that otherwise would have gone to landfills all over the world. It's 2018, clean it up. Their products are the perfect gift for the hockey player or fan in your life. Don't forget to go to Requip.com. That's R-E-Q-U-I-P-D.com and enter discount code MORNINGSKATE. That's right. M-O-R-N-I-N-G-S-K-A-T-E and save 20% off on your first order. Enjoy the show. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Sunday, January 28th, the boys are back. It's Ked here, Ked's with Hal. Hal, what's up, buddy? How's it going, man? Uh, you know what, man? It, it, I'm kind of a glass half full, glass half empty thing, so for the first time in a very long time, I've had nothing to do on a weekend, and it's been great. It's been fucking awesome. I've done a lot of napping, a lot of morning skate stuff. The problem is... The only hockey on this weekend is the All-Star Game and the Skills Competition, so that's kind of shitty. Tough weekend. Like, the stars, like, did not align for you. Tough weekend to have all that time. Yeah, no, at least I know. At least I took some naps. How was your week? What, what were you up to? Not much, man. Just casual, casual weekend, you know, not much going on. A couple Bloody Marys on Saturday and a couple naps mixed in, so pretty quiet weekend. Not too bad. Um, so we, we have some stuff to jump into that inch on the news, so let's just fucking, let's just do it. NHL in the news, let's go. So first thing on the agenda, uh, Connor McDavid receives an abuse of an official penalty uh, in a shootout. So it was a battle of Alberta. It was like one of the best games all year, I guess. Goes to overtime. Um, the Oilers score. Everybody gets off the ice and they challenge for goaltender interference. And it was kind of like a shitty thing. Like it, it probably shouldn't have been there. It was just the NHL just being idiots. So the, everybody goes back on, and then uh, the Oilers end up winning in a shootout. McDavid scores, and he skates by the ref, and he goes, yeah, why don't you fucking take that to Toronto? So he got a 10-minute abuse of official penalty. What do you have on this? Um, I don't know, man. Like, is that really a penalty, like yelling at a ref after a questionable call? Like, is that what we're deeming, like, uh, an issue nowadays? Like, it's not like he, like, took his – he didn't widen him. You know what I mean? He wasn't, like, <laughs> pretending to be concussed and just take the ref out, like – he wasn't, like, fighting him like Ty Domi or something like that. Like, he, he just was pissed off in a tight game. He's one of the faces of the league, and we're going to punish him for that, apparently. I think it's dumb because, listen, the refs always yell at the players for doing something wrong. Why can't the players yell at the refs for getting something wrong? They kind of kind of flip-flopped that a little bit. And also, 
a 10-minute a abusive official penalty, as a player in the shootout, you're fine because you don't have to sit in the box and it just makes your stats look sick. But, like, what a fucking hardo to, like, go and be like, oh, yeah, McDavid got a 10 for calling me an asshole. Like, fuck that guy, whoever that was. Yeah, I, I, I just don't... I don't know why you do that to Connor McDavid either. Like, shouldn't we want, like, our star players to have, like, passion and fire and be, like, kind of fucking pissed off? Like... Because I think Connor McDavid kind of flies under the same radar as uh, as Crosby does, where they're both kind of like quiet, spoken people. Do you know what I mean? Same as so like, So when they're pissed off, we should like we should embrace that. We should not make him feel like shit because he was trying to stand up for his team. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm regurgitating the same information. It's fucking trash. Yeah, a lot of this goaltender interference shit's coming under the microscope. I think there's been like fucking. It seemed like there was like a hundred this week. Uh, Happened to Austin Matthews where they took a goal away, and then Austin Matthews scored, and he pointed towards the net like a, as the ref should. I think the players are really starting to get fed up with this shit. Um, I think we talked about it last week, but it's just becoming like way too overbearing. Like, just let the guys play. Bullshit. Hell yeah, dude. What's next? What's next on the docket? Hell Let's yeah. keep it going. I don't want to talk about refs anymore. Refs don't deserve this airtime. Okay, the Islanders are playing 12 games at the Nassau Coliseum next year. How many? What's what's the over under for the amount of hand jobs given in that place? Uh, infinite dude i don't know that's great news we shit on the islanders but we've always been team nassau team strong island you got to get them in there yeah it's, i mean imagine all those rats in that rink they've been doing nothing but banging this whole time just so you fuck think it, dude. there's probably so many rats that's such a good point dude there's probably like a million giant ass rats in that place right now like i don't know they should do it like they should have normal prices for the tickets. But if the Islanders like management and ownership is smart, like they should realize that they could sell these tickets for so much money because everyone and their fucking degenerate mothers are gonna want to go to this game on Long Island. Like I think the atmosphere is gonna be great. Hopefully, hopefully they do it correctly. And every time they play the Rangers at home, it's in Nassau. Every time they play, they should should be all the local teams. The Devils should play there too. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Philly. It should be division games in that rink because that's where that the team deserves to play. Or the people they deserve to play in front of when they're playing those big games. It's just kind of a it's just kind of a rough go. Like, hey, Tavares, you should sign here. By the way, next year we're playing twelve games in the Coliseum, and you may get humped by like a forty-five pound rat. <laughs> yeah, dude. And did you hear too that Tavares basically came out and said, I think his quote was like, uh, "I just want to play for a team that wants to win." So uh, it sucks, dude, because. Because that's all he said, so like you could like take that as like, oh, if the Islanders want to win, then like he'll be here. But at the same time, it clearly kind of feels like he's saying uh, the Islanders don't want to win. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's so perfect because it, it was enough where Islanders fans won't get pissed off. But it was enough for like people who want JT on their team to be like, oh, he may be coming. Yeah, dude, just stirring the pot, stirring the fucking pot. Another day out on Long Island. JT to the Rangers. Uh, moving on from that, we're gonna hop right into. The nose face killer, rat boy, Mr. Boston, Brad Marchand gets suspended five games. Probably the dumbest thing I've ever fucking seen a suspendable thing happen. Like, most of the time if somebody does something suspendable, it's because they're pissed off because the other guy did something to them or, like, they just kind of lose their cool. This was Brad Marchand going to the net and being like, oh, there's a head right there. I'm going to jump out of my way to fucking elbow this guy in the face. And it was funny because on one of the, like, replays, it kind of looked like, oh, okay, that could have been accidental. And then they immediately showed the other replay, and it was like, holy fuck, like, that was a flying elbow from the top rope directly at Marcus Johansson's head. So, five games, I'm kind of okay with it if they added a couple more. I think I think five games was probably 
the justifiable like amount of suspension but if they really wanted to take headshots and shit out of the game by like people who have a history if you gave him like eight games i think it would probably make him think twice about doing something dumb like that what do you have with this yeah i mean i wrote my first blog in like two years about this topic so shout out to me i've been working really hard (laughs) for my tenure here at the morning skate i i think i think uh i don't know man i mean i think the suspension was right i don't I'm a Bruins fan, so, like, I'm obviously extremely biased. Like, I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world. It wasn't elbow to the head, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, Marshan's so good at, like, camouflaging his accidents. Like, last year he was falling when he hit Dodgin. This year he threw that elbow, and, like, you had to, like, reverse the camera angle to see that it was actually a dirty play. Like, he's he's so smart at hiding being a rat. It's actually, like, kind of commendable. Like, I almost respect it to a certain extent. I understand why everyone in the league hates him. As a Bruins fan, it's like whatever. I, I still love the guy. I'm just I don't know, man. I'm happy he did this now instead of with like five games left in the year like he normally does. Uh, it was bound to happen. He's got to get it out of his system. Uh, and he had a blast at All Star Weekend. I mean, he was like taking those photos of people that said they're like rat control. He was his wave. I think you tweeted it when he got announced and everyone was booing and he just had that huge smirk on his face with like the slick back hair and he was waving like just a villain brad marchand's like a he is such a legend it's unbelievable and i I love too that i I didn't watch the skills comp which we'll kind of get into i I saw a lot of pieces of it i love that he totally blew it in the accuracy competition that kind of makes me love him more like if i had to guess brad marchand just got after it this weekend and most people and this is what i think is commendable too most people think i think if they got suspended they would be like oh you know what i'm not going out of respect for the player i injured my actions i don't deserve to go to all-star game but when people do that it's really a cop-out for saying i don't want to face the media and brad marchand was like i really don't give a fuck i'm gonna go there and have a good time and i don't care if everyone hates me like i I, it's hard for me to like not love this guy even more even though he is a scumbag yeah i how did they let him still go to the All-Star game? Like, that's just another one of the NHL things. If you're suspending a guy, why the fuck are you letting him go there? Because he's a fucking All-Star, dude. I guess, but I feel like that should be part of the suspension. The suspension should be like a punishment. They're like, you want to know what, Brad? You're you're, you're suspended five games, for, so for the next two weeks, you don't have to do anything. And also, we're going to give you an all-expense-paid trip to Tampa to go fucking party it up with your boys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that? You almost ended a guy's career. Why don't we give you fucking like a twenty-five thousand dollar bonus? Let you go hang out. Yeah, dude. And here, here's here's a fifty percent off fucking Vinnie Prosper's tanning bed. Go have a good time. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking funny. But I think the NHL, and we're, I'm gonna shit on the NHL later, later in this podcast. I know you will too. I think the NHL is kind of smart because all this Marshan stuff did is it brought attention to the game a little bit more. Yeah. It brought a different storyline and a different angle and it brought publicity. So from that perspective, business perspective, it's pretty smart. But from like logistically speaking, like why the fuck is he there? I agree with that. That's fair. Yeah. Um, all right. So next one, the Rangers rumors, man. Larry Brooks came out and said the Rangers are selling, selling, selling. Uh, Nash, McDonough, Grabner, fucking Zuccarello. Everybody's on the fucking block right now. Um, what do you, what do you got? What? What do you got? I want to hear just your opinions. Let's just fucking okay. Just catch I'm gonna break down one by one. Michael Grabner is gonna be an unrestricted free agent this this off season. He's gonna probably score more than thirty goals. As the Rangers, you have to get rid of him. Um, what what was the one pick that you always was it Pominville or Gostad? Did Gostad get a first round pick? 
Austin did get a first round pick. Okay, Austin got a first round pick. Michael Grabner adds an element to every single team in the NHL's penalty kill. If he's on a team, he has that extra gear of speed. He's been scoring. If Gostad can get a first-round pick, I would hope that Michael yeah. Grabner could get a first-round pick. So, like, you got to get rid of Grabner. He's going to be unrestricted. Maybe he comes back. He likes playing in New York. I think it'd be dumb not to trade him. And he's got a great contract. Any team can fit him under 100%. their salary cap with that contract. He is. He might be one of the top three most valuable people to trade that line. I would give him that. So, I think Grabner, you got to sell. And hopefully he comes back because I have nothing wrong with Grabner. He fucking competes every night. It's awesome. Uh, Rick Nash. Every time he's scoring a goal right now, I get so happy because his trade value just keeps growing and growing and growing. Coolest thing about this, I think, I mean, I think you can get a haul for Rick Nash as well as Michael Grabner. I think those teams like in Nashville, uh, Dallas, uh, teams that are going to be in the playoffs that could get one or two more like depth guys, but instead of a depth guy, you're getting Rick Nash. I think that, that they're going to send it on that. The coolest thing about this is if the Rangers are selling, they're not going to be really trying to take too many big contracts. So you can get rid of Rick Nash, who only has this remaining left on his contract, and take his salary. So it's not like you're kind of flip-flopping salaries. Like, you can still pay his salary, and you're probably going to get more money for him. Rick Nash, I would like to see a young, good prospect, a first-round pick, and probably, like, a third-round pick for Rick Nash. I don't know if that's doable, but, like, for a team really pushing for the playoffs, I think it could be doable. What do you have on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously the one thing you have to think about is his salary, which is going to be a little harder to move. I don't know how many teams there are out there that can fit that salary. That's that's right what now. I'm trying to tell you. The Rangers ha- can pay it themselves. The whole thing. You're going to retain like the majority of the salary. Why, why not, man? If you're selling, 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 you're not going to be picking up anybody for a big contract, and that contract you already have on your books. Like, why not? No, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I just – I think – I think Rick Nash is going to be harder to pair and harder to get a better pool than Grabner for sure. Like his value's high, and I think he's looked up on in the league as like a, a very good player who's kind of on the downswing. I don't know, man. I, I have this I have this weird feeling that the Rangers are going to want a little too much for Rick Nash and what they can actually get because they are holding salary back and because he was like a future star. And I can see it being an issue where either they end up just having to hold on to him. Or they end up at the very end panicking and making a stupid trade. Like, I just think the Rick Nash trade is the most delicate and confusing trade that you can make, just because of like who he is, dude. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he, like it's a. I feel like it is a risk as a Stanley Cup contender in this year's playoffs, like to take Rick Nash. Like it is a risk to give up assets for Rick Nash. He is not like he doesn't always show up. Like you say it yourself, dude. He's an expensive. Uh, like back checker, and I understand they're going to be having half of his salary or whatever that is, but like that's difficult to sell your fans like giving away all that stuff for somebody who hasn't done it when he's supposed to be the guy in the town for a while. I get that, but he has been the guy. What about what happens if he takes like it's it when Nash went to the Rangers, he was supposed to be their number one guy. It clearly didn't pan out. I can see Nash going to Dallas or the Preds and kind of not having to be that number one guy and just fucking taking off. Yeah, I mean, I can see that point, too. It, it'll be interesting. I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Rick Nash. I, I just think he's such a fucking anomaly to the league. Yeah. Uh, Ryan McDonough, I think if you're the Rangers, I would trade him. He's going to be not a free agent this season, but the season after that. He has two goals all year. I love McDonough. He's a fucking great player. He really is. He, I think he is definitely a top two defenseman on, a, on an NHL team. I just don't think it really worked out in New York. I mean, shit happens. He's still a great fucking player, like I said. I think maybe he has too much responsibility on his shoulders. 
But if the Rangers get rid of McDonough, I would expect something like a Keith Handel trade where you're you're going to get a prospect, first round picks, and I mean, what do what do you have on that? What what would you give up for McDonough if you were a team like Toronto or you know a team looking for a top two defenseman? I would give up. I would probably give up a substantial amount. I mean, there aren't too many guys out there. I, I think I. I think what Ryan McDonough is, is he's a very good number two defenseman. I do not think he is a number one defenseman. I think that's fair to say. I think being like one of the top five best number two defensemen in the league is like pretty fucking good. It's yeah. just, I don't think, and I think you summed it up perfectly, I don't think he can be that number one guy. And I think Toronto is tough, dude. We talked about this off air, like when we were like, had a few drinks in us Friday night, I think it was, and we were talking about like, could McDonough fit in Toronto? And I've had this whole stance about how Toronto needs to stick to their rebuild. But more importantly, just like going back to what we just said, dude, like look what happened to Dion Phaneuf. He was a teetering number one defenseman, really a number two defenseman. If you're a team that you need him to be your number one, I think it is a dumb trade to make. Like if you are a team that maybe has some cap room and you already have one good defenseman, I would be all in on this guy. Like a team like LA. A team like, what? LA. Yeah, can you imagine if you had McDonough and Dowdy on the same D pair? Like, that would be unbelievable. If you have it, that is actually like the exact situation. And or you're Minnesota. Right, Minnesota with Suter, eat up time, yeah. American boy. He'd be a like fan favorite there. I, I, I really think McDonough deserves a huge haul, though. So if you guys trade McDonough, that should be the one where I think you should be collecting the most assets for sure. No, 100%. But if, if you kind of rewind to everything that we've said so far. I would think Grabner could get you a first-round pick. I would think that Nash could probably get you a prospect in a first-round pick. And if, I think McDonough could probably get more. So if you actually, if you're the Rangers and you hit home with every single one of these trades, you are completely rebalancing your entire, your prospect pool. You're getting a bunch, because not only are you going to be getting picks, hopefully you're going to be getting, like, younger, could be potentially very good players. So, I mean, it, it kind of sucks to be in the position that you're in, but if they pull it off, it, at the end of the day, it's really not that bad. Lastly... No. Zuccarello. Um, I, I don't know if I can be a Rangers fan if they trade him, just because I don't know if I can live in a world where the Rangers think it's okay to trade Matt Zuccarello and keep Mark Stahl on their team. Is that your whole take on Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It sucks. I, I I think about it. Like, dude, can you imagine if Zuc went to the Stars and, like, was on a line with, like, Tyler Sagan? He'd probably put up 100 points a year. No, I think... Uh... I think Zuccarello would be the type of guy, if he got traded, he'd probably, like, win a cup. Oh, yeah. Like two <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, dude, that's the issue with this as, like, a Rangers fan. You have this turmoil because Zuccarello is the most likable player on your team. He gives 110%. He's an extremely good player, very underrated from the rest of the league, uh, does everything right. Like, you can't complain about this guy. He's homegrown, and he, I think he wants to win a Ranger. But, I mean, right now, what we just talked about, you have – you have a plethora of picks and prospects if you're able to deal all those three guys. If you trade Zuccarello, like, you are entering a territory where now you have a lot, a lot, a lot of assets to do whatever you want. Those assets that you just built, if you trade Zuccarello too, because I think if you trade Zuccarello, he has the, he has the number two most uh, biggest return. Behind McDonough on the Rangers, he has the number two biggest return right now. So it, if you trade him... Dude, the, the possibilities are endless. At the same time, though, if you look at it, like if you trade that guy, you lose the heart and soul of your team, and now you're doing a you're having a rebuild where like the leaders of your team are like J T. Miller and Chris Kreider and Kevin Hayes. Like you don't have 
you don't have a guy like Zuccarello in the locker room to like straighten people out. Do you know what I mean? Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. If you trade Zuccarello, like the Rangers have been talking about doing this rebuild on the fly. I think if they traded McDonough, Nash, and Grabner, they could still call that a rebuild on the fly. You sign a good free agent this year, and you get a bunch of prospects, and you bring them up, and they play. I still think that's a rebuild on the fly. You get rid of Zuccarello too; that's a full rebuild. Yeah, and, and I and I think originally I kind of doubted like the rebuild on the fly, but as a Bruins fan, it's kind of hard to say that at this point because that's exactly what we did. We had like we got a plethora of picks in like two years. Uh, we kept our guys. Like, keeping Bergeron and Marchand is the equivalent of keeping, like, Zuccarello. Like, you need to keep one or two guys if you're going to be able to pull that off. Like, Zuccarello and Lundqvist should be the two guys if you're going to hold on to anybody that you need to have there if you think you're going to rebuild on the fly. Because I, I, cause this NHL league that we are currently watching, you have the ability to win with young players. Like, that is just the end of it. Like, five years ago, if you had a bunch of rookies on your team, you were fucked. Nowadays, if you have rookies on your team, it really doesn't fucking matter. It seems like it's just a completely different game. Uh, so to have those pieces like Zuccarello, like imagine if Zuccarello's playing with Anderson, like, I mean, you got to look at that kid. That kid has a pretty high fucking ceiling. If he has some of these young guns playing with them, that is the exact winger you want to have on their side. Yeah, I, it's just, <coughs> man, it's just, it's fucking weird. It's pretty weird territory to be in as a Rangers fan. I really hope that they, I think the best possible scenario is you trade Nash and Grabner and you trade McDonough if that trade is there for him. McDonough, oh, go ahead. The McDonough trade may may or less happen more towards the draft. Although, I mean, I, I, I don't fucking know, man. If they trade Zooks, I'm going to be heartbroken. Dude, the one thing we didn't even talk about is the number one thing, if you're going to do this rebuild on the fly, is that you have to fire A.V. You cannot have oh, yeah. A.V. bringing up these young players. Like, none of this works if you don't fire Alain Vigneault. Like, get that guy the fuck out of there and let somebody else have a chance with this young crew. Do you guys have a good AHL coach or anything like that? I have no idea, dude. I, I, they just fired their AHL coach. They just got a new one this year. <laughs> um, it's just it's fuck. You know the season's weird because I really honestly think that if they fired AV back in October when we started off so terrible. I think we're looking at a completely different team. I think you probably have Heedle up in the in the NHL. You probably have D'Angelo up here. Mark Stahl would probably be playing half the games. Nick Holden probably wouldn't even be on the roster, and we we would actually have some sort of defensive structure, which would be nice for the first time. And fucking, I can't tell you how long. I just I don't get it. I don't. I don't get why that guy's still a head coach in the NHL. It makes no sense. Dude, you know what the funniest part about all of this would be? Is if the Rangers go on like a seven-game winning streak and then they become buyers at the trade deadline? Yeah, it's probably what's <laughs> going to happen, too. <laughs> I can't wait for that, for the Rangers to bring in like the next Marion Gabrick or somebody else and like keep the same exact roster and right. just keep fucking plugging away. Oh, the yeah, Rangers. The Rangers traded a first-round pick for Thomas Vanek. Uh, to help out the power play. Yeah. Yeah, Here comes the cup. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> that's like that's like just stuck in the Rangers loop if they do that. That would be the worst outcome of all. Yeah, it wouldn't be great. Um, Alan Walsh on Twitter said, I'm hearing behind the scenes tensions are boiling over between NHL and NBC. It's national broadcast rights holder. NBC is furious the NHL is going to the Olympics. Uh, Olympics. They informed the league that no NHL games will be broadcast on any of its channel during the 18 games. Uh, what do you got on this one? I mean... Well, no shit. So, I mean, the NHL didn't think that their biggest sponsor might be a little mad if they pulled out of that biggest sponsor's event of the year and made it, like, less newsworthy. I, it's so stupid. The NHL is so, so dumb. Can I say something really quick? I just looked up this guy on Twitter, and for some reason he blocked the morning skate. <laughs> Classic. Well, you know what? Maybe I changed my mind. Yeah, fuck you, Alan. Yeah, we're a fucking pro NHL now. You don't block us. We block you, dickhead. (laughs) 
Yeah, so, counterpoint. Yeah, fuck what? this guy. Well, yeah, dude. Who, yeah, who cares about NBC? Whatever, dude. Like, we um, want we want ESPN back anyway, dude. We have you exactly right, right where the fuck we want you, you loser. Yeah, dude, but fuck. Unfortunately, if we, like, go back to reality, like, if the NHL loses NBC, that is not good. <laughs> like, yeah, who else is going to pro- buy us? You're probably right. Dude, if, the, only, the only outcome I can see, the only company that I think might buy the NHL, and it might actually be hilarious, is Fox. Like, and I actually, now that I say that out loud, I want the Fox, I want Fox Sports to own NHL, the NHL's rights in, like, the worst way. Like, look at their pregame shows. They have, like, Terry Bradshaw, like, six drinks deep, has no idea where he is, Jimmy Johnson. And then you go over, you got Skip Bayless talking to NHL. Like, I actually, counterpoint, fuck the, fuck NBC, dude. Get NHL to Fox. That would be, that would be electric. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't mind that too. I I wouldn't mind Fox. I don't know who we'd put on there. I'm fucking rattled that this guy blocked us. We must have said something to him back in the day. Had to have. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just stupid, dude. Like I, the NHL is like, they didn't see this coming. Like nobody saw this coming at the NHL. You didn't figure that NBC might be a little mad. Yeah, but you want to know what, dude? We're not even on the fucking real like NBC. We're on fucking this. What is it? NBCSN. Like, we're yeah, not on the 6, 10, 13, or 23. We're, we're fucking, we're their charity case. Fuck these guys, dude. I said before, yeah. get us on Fox. Get us on fucking Channel 23, dude, and let the boys wild out. I'm fucking sick and tired of these NBC turds. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know what, too? It's like, oh, NBC thinks they're so, like, great for us because they let us, the NHL, play, like, one game, like, a month on the actual network on, like, noon on a Sunday. Some, like, bullshit matinee game. They call it, like, Hockey Day in America. It's like, you don't deserve it. NBC does not deserve the NHL. I'm glad that we just tailspin that. Yeah, fuck these guys, dude. What What is NBCSN playing at 6 o'clock tonight? Oh, motor, motor sports hour? Who's going to be watching that? What do you think What do you think Fox is, is fucking playing? The Center for Disability Services Telethon, because Fox cares about people, and NBCSN wants to fucking give you some motor sports. Fuck them. Jesus Christ. All right, moving on. I didn't see that. I didn't see that turn coming. You pulled out your TV guide. I was fucking pissed. Uh, Brandon Dubinsky sent home. Don't really know what's going on, but Aaron Portzine said that it's a pretty big issue and that uh, it could be detrimental to his career and all this stuff. Sean Avery, former Dubinsky teammate, actually got in a fight with him in practice. Uh, said, "What credit info do you have to write this mystery issue that could threaten his career? I really hope you have info that backs up your big headline, and this isn't a case of hashtag fake news." Doobie is a stand-up guy. Sean Avery tweeting hashtag fake news is what makes me what makes me want to wake up every morning. Jesus, that's sad. That's a sad life. Oh come on, dude! If you were to fucking oh hey hey Hal, if you could pick any ex NHL player that would be tweeting out hashtag fake news today, who do you think it'd be? I'm pretty sure you'd probably pick Sean Avery. <laughs> Maybe like Mike Ribeiro. You're not gonna pick Mika Kripersov, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, my my point what like I what I took away from this. Is Sean Avery, dude? He gets shit on for being a bad teammate. Sean Avery is not a bad teammate. Uh, at the end of the day, like you just prefaced this, like Avery fought Dubinsky in practice. Yeah, sure. Avery yeah. didn't. Avery didn't have to say shit about this, but Avery knows Dubinsky's a warrior, and Dubinsky and Avery let this guy have it. Like you shouldn't. The report that came out, like I think this guy's from the Players Tribune or some bullshit like that. The Athletic, dude. Don't get it twisted. Same tomato smato. I, I just don't think you can write an article like that that's like, this guy's career is threatened, he got sent home from Vegas, 
And you can't just do that, dude, without, like, any, like, substantial information to back it up. You're just kind of ruining this guy's spot. You're ruining his career. Like, what do you what do you accomplish from this? Like, are you happy that now everyone's worried about Brandon Dubinsky and doesn't know what the fuck's going on? Sean Avery's 100% in the right on this. Like, Dubinsky, I, I love Brandon Dubinsky. Uh, I, from his time at the Rangers, you could tell that he was just the type of guy that would literally do anything to be on the ice and do anything for his teammates. Like, stand-up guy. And if Columbus wants to, like, talk shit about him in the news and strip his A and not support him through whatever the fuck he's going through, then Columbus doesn't deserve Brandon Dubinsky. And I hope they trade him, and I hope Dubinsky wins a fucking cup. And on top of that, I hope Dubinsky goes out there and lights up the Blue Jackets. Because I just think it's fucked. Because this source, if there's a source, it came from inside the team. And anybody who's inside the team that's talking shit about Brandon Dubinsky needs to be fucking thrown in a dumpster. I I agree. I completely agree. I'm going to one-up that. And as one... When he wins a cup, I can't wait him to bring that cup back to Alaska. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, he's an Alaskan boy. I don't know. Brandon Dubinsky is one of the national treasures of the league, dude. He's so great. That's what I'm saying, man. And another thing, like, when you talk about being an American and stuff like that, like, you know, like, uh, on a hockey team, like, the goalies are always kind of like the weirdos? Like, yeah. if, if you talk about Americans, I w- I'm pretty sure if you, like, the Alaskans are, like, the weirdos of the Americans. Like, they're just kind of, they're a little off. They're not, like, your your typical American, but, like, they're fucking cool. I played with an Alaskan for junior college, uh, and he, they're just, they're fucking weird people, man, but they're good at hockey, so. <laughs> All right, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think we were going to go there, but. Yeah, well, we did. Um, lastly, the skills comp. So, we, we run a hockey uh, blog, podcast. Anything to, you know, give you a real type of hockey talk in order to do something like you would think we'd watch hockey things. So, how what did you think of the skills competition? What was your favorite part? Like, what what exactly did you love the most last night? Uh, just about every part, dude. I mean, from the beginning to the end, it was filled with action and just players out there giving it their all. We saw a lot of characters out there. Uh, P.K. Subban probably did, like, two or three zany things that got the fans going. I mean, just a good time for everybody. I totally watched it. See, the funniest part is, is like, I know that you didn't, but anybody else listening to this was probably like, oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, you you didn't have to watch it to know what exactly what was going to happen. Dude, I, I was actually, I was kind of planning on watching it, and you asked me before the podcast, why did you not watch it? I don't know if it was Friday night or yesterday morning, but I had a few drinks to me, and I pulled up Twitter, and, like, Eric Carlson and Victor Hedman were, like, walking around the ring dressed like pirates, and I was like, you know what, I'm just not going to do it. Anymore. I'm going to take today off. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. Like, no, that's fair enough. I'll I'll, br- I'll break down everything for you now. Fastest skater, uh, Connor McDavid, 13.454 seconds. Uh, Braden Point, the hometown kid from Tampa, uh, he was in first until McDavid skated last, and I'm just kind of like, well, fuck, this guy's fast. How much did he beat him by? Did he beat him like? Did he beat him by a good amount? Like point four seconds. That's kind of that's kind of a lot in a competition like that, though. Yeah. And then there was this passing drill. Have you, like, seen any of the highlights at all? I saw a highlight of Eric Carlson, like, picking the puck up and, like, throwing it. Throwing it Dude, this, like, this passing thing was fucking ridiculous. It, like, the, the shit that they had to do, they had to rip the puck at these targets that were, like, a little bit off the ice. But you had to do it when it lit up. So, like, you would pass it, and then it would light up a different one. Even if you hit it, it didn't count. And then once you were done with that, you go to the neutral zone, kind of pass off these four things. Then you'd come, and you have to throw elevated sauce over like this uh, barricade into these very small little nets, and then shoot the puck in in the empty net, and it was just like this would take me fucking year to do. It was incredible. Yeah. Here's my thing, and you can continue on what happened after this, but 
one of the things issues I have with the All Star Game, dude, is I feel like the players must like be kind of like, what the fuck during the skills competition. Back in the day, it was like take a couple of slap shots, break some fucking glass, like hit a hard shot and skate fast. Now there's like lasers and fucking colors lighting up and shit, and like yeah. you're like a monkey on stage basically. It's like do your best. I would not want to do that. I'd have to take like 15 Xanax to pull that drill off. That's what I I, I kind of thought the same thing. Like I <coughs> I can't imagine like the guys running the show be like, all right, Brett Hull, you're up, and Brett Hull look at him and be like, I'm not fucking doing this. Did you ever have, like, a moment in, like, practices when the coach would be, like, drawing up a drill on the fucking board or whatever? He'd be like, all right, got it, go. And then he'd, like, stand up and be like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just like at Miracle out of Herb Brooks. They're, like, telling these NHL players what they have to do for the skills competition. <laughs> and Dowdy's like, what? Come again, bud? Did you, yeah. Growing up, before I get into the next one, growing up, did you ever, like, go to a tournament where they had a skills competition? Yeah, yeah, I won, um... So I was a part of a relay team in Lake Placid when I was like ten years old. There's four of us, and we won it. We won gold in the relay at Lake Placid. That was sick. That's that was like the best youth hockey tournaments when they had those skills competition. That was like all time. And when and it always turned out too. Like coach would have to pick you. Like when coach called your name and said you're gonna be in the skills competition, I was like, oh, this is unreal. I, as a kid, that's another point. You can follow up with this, but as a kid, I feel like if you're a kid, the skills competition is unreal. But as an adult, it kind of changes. But, like, growing up, skills competitions were fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, dude, I participated in a skills competition. Uh, Bantam B yeah. tournament in Hackensack, New Jersey. Oh I, actu- I actually wasn't picked to do it. It was fastest skater, and uh, it was supposed to be Matt Scavone. And I threw, I threw a hissy fit, and they're like, all right, Jimmy, you can do it. And I finished, like, four out of seven. Matty Shea. The best part about that is, like... I can't imagine the shit that goes down at a Bantam Beach. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, who, who created that tournament was like, you know what we need? We need to have these kids in a fucking skills competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Couldn't even win bronze, bud. All right, what else do we got? What else on the skills competition? Um, so, the pa- the passing thing was absurd. It was cool. Petrolangelo won. Uh, he beat Eric Stahl, which was cool. My takeaway from the passing one, other than it being really hard, is like, I, I've heard Alex Petrangelo's name for, like, ever, but I, like, don't know anything about him. So I think NHL kind of fucked that one up. Then there was a goalie streak where Marc-Andre Fleury had 14-save streak. Uh, he played Let It Go during the warm-ups. Um, a puck control relay, which was pretty fucking crazy. Johnny Gaudreau won that. He killed everybody. Uh, fastest shot, Ovechkin was the only one to hit over 100 miles an hour. Uh, and accuracy was uh, the kid from Vancouver, Brock Besser. Boser, I do this every time, um, and he won the accuracy, beating out Brian Boyle. Out of those three events, the accuracy one was, was the one that pissed me off the most because I love seeing those styrofoam targets explode. And this year, they were like light up targets, and it was like one. I just think it's fucking dumb, and two, you can't really like measure yourself out to the greats. You know what I mean? Like you can't compare your time to Ray Bork's time. That would be something that like I would want to do if I was like playing in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want to. I mean, like you got to be able to break the fucking. Target. Like, yeah, what's the point? Feeling. The target doesn't fucking smash into a million pieces. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be hard and fast, dude. Like, even like, I don't know why. Why did they do that? Did they like come out and say why they changed to it? Is it no. more accurate or some shit? Or no, it's just it's fucking. I think it was just to kind of make it look cool. <coughs> it's fucking dumb. Sometimes change isn't the worst or isn't the best thing in NHL. So that was that. That was NHL in the news. Um... We're going to move on, actually, and we're going to bring back a segment that we used to do back in the day. Uh, this is going to be the Fever Boy Rex Memorial Craig Adams Ass Kicking of the Week. 
First annual. Hi, I'm Craig Adams of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Fighting in hockey is an established tradition. So our uh, first memorial annual Fever Boy Rex presents Craig Adams' ass-kicking of the week. Goes to Keith Yandel. He got in a, a tilly with, with Antoine Roussel. He thought that Roussel bumped Reimer. Reimer actually just pulled a groin classic. Yandel came over, gave him a couple cross-checks, and then was just bullied. Bullied so hard by some French fuck. Uh, it ended up him like skating away and being like, refs, help me out. So, how what did, what did you have here? Um, what could Yandel have done better? In my opinion, I think if Yandel was really in that oh-fuck mode, you just grab on until somebody comes and breaks it up. Like, what did you have on that? Yeah, uh, pretty pathetic all the way around, I think. My general thought on it is if you're going to stand up for your goalie, then stand up for your goalie. Like, uh, if, if you're going to be the guy who's going to say, yes, I'm going to drop the gloves, I'm going to fight this guy and stand up for my goalie, then you need to know that you might get your head kicked in. Like, there's no there's no other way around it. Once you put yourself in that situation, commit. Because as a goalie, I think a goalie respects his defenseman getting his ass kicked so much more than his defenseman running away from his problem. But at that point, you didn't defend anybody. All you did was embarrass yourself, and the other team has literally every inch of motivation. So if Keith Yandel's going to fucking hide and jump away, then just don't drop the gloves in the first place. It's definitely a really tough look. I think at first he was making the right... You know, choice. You gotta, uh, you gotta stick up for your goalie there. I mean, he thought that Roussel ran into him, but he actually didn't, which is kind of a rough look. But um, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I think you just gotta grab on there. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Just grab on. So that was our Craig Adams ass kicking of the week, um, and we're gonna move on. All right, now that the Craig Adams ass kicking will fever boy Rex Memorial. Craig Adams ass kicking of the week is now done. We're going to move on to Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Take it away, Dom. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Heroes and Zero time. Hal, what do you got? I'm going first? Yeah, go first. Send it. Uh, my hero of the week is Halifax, Nova Scotia. in the suburbs. Beautiful city. Beautiful province. Big Nova Scotia fan. Reason they're my hero of the week. The Nova Scotia boys might be... The greatest trio of guys from an area in the NHL right now. Sidney Crosby uh, is just Sidney Crosby. He's doing it again. He's lighting it up. Uh, Nathan McKinnon on fire, absolutely on fire. If, if he's not in your top three for MVP votes, then you're a fucking idiot. We talked about that last week. He is the reason the abs are good again. And if you think about it, like looking back, like what was so special about that one abs year under Patrick Waugh? It was Nathan McKinnon, and it was I think it was his rookie year, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nathan McKinnon's really blossoming into an unbelievable player. And then Brad Marchand, a little ball of hate. We talked about him earlier, another uh, Halifax boy, kind of just lighting up, doing his own thing too. So three all-stars, all from like the same city and suburbs out in Nova Scotia. I think that's pretty fucking cool because I think all three of them are really on top of the NHL right now. I wonder what the fuck they have in the water up there. Those are some three pretty good players. Is that like a huge uh, area? Uh, not really, man. I mean, like it's the biggest city in Nova Scotia, but like it's fucking Nova Scotia. The one thing that I find crazy, and you'll find it every single offseason, is uh, the videos of the three of them. They, they, like, train together with, like, local junior and college players, and it's fucking insane watching them do, like, those small ice three-on-three drills. Uh, oh, yeah, know. Crosby and Martian. I remember watching those in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a city of 400,000, so, I mean, that's a pretty big city, but 
or maybe that's no, yeah. So that's the area, four hundred thousand in the area. To compare it to Winnipeg, Winnipeg has like seven hundred thousand. So I mean, that's pretty impressive for not the biggest city in the world. Yeah, no, that was a that was a little fun fact that you found there. My year of the week goes to the Rangers third pair, uh, Brendan Smith and Anthony D'Angelo. I think the Rangers season's pretty much over at this point, but at least when they're on the ice, they bring a little bit of fire to the game. They played the Kings last week. D'Angelo was mixing it up with, uh, who the fuck? It's, it wasn't Clifford. Who's like another goon on the Kings? I don't know, dude. Is Dwight King still there? <laughs> no. But, uh, so D'Angelo's mixing up. So Brendan Smith came over and buried him from behind. And then Brendan Smith picked probably the softest player on the Kings to fight, Adrian Kempe. So it was just, it was electric. It was fun to watch. I, I love when the boys are tossing their gloves down and beating the shit out of people who have never been in fights before. So my hero of the week goes to the third pair of the Rangers. That's fair, dude. So when they call Anthony D'Angelo on the Rangers podcast or on the Rangers broadcast, do they call him Anthony or Tony? It's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. I should know the answer oh. to this. I think I think that he doesn't he doesn't like being called one of those names. I forget what one though. I'll have to do some research and figure that out. If he doesn't like being called Tony, that's that's not cool. I mean, that's good, man. It's good to have a third pair that has a little fire underneath them and uh, something you've been waiting for all year. So good to hear it. This would be a good time to insert my uh, hot take of the week, which is there was like an Instagram photo of like your two prospects, Anderson and Cheadle or Cheadle or whatever the fuck his name is. Cheadle, dude. Don't get it twisted. The guy's going to put up fucking points when he makes the National League. Yeah, regardless, Anderson had like a headphone in, but it looked like an earring. And I thought about it after like, and I we were all, both of us were pro Elias uh, Anderson throwing his gold medal into the stands. But I mean, this guy has... Give him two months in New York City, and he has a nice pair of earrings. I, I hope he does. I hope he rocks it. I hope he's got the earrings. I hope he becomes one of those European dressers who's really just dressing to impress every night. Uh, what would what would your thoughts be if Lyce Anderson showed up to the big time with a couple studs in his ear? Well, is that what it be? Would it be studs? Yeah, like the diamonds. Uh, I have a hot take after your hot take. Anderson shows up with studs in his ears, and Ron Duguay takes him under his wing, and he starts wearing hoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the thing is, is I think the Chidal kid, he's kind of, Chidal, Chidal, how do you say his name? Uh, Heedal. Heedal, yeah, I was close. Heedal, dude, I mean, he's a pretty ugly looking guy. Maybe he should do dude, He is so ugly. I'm glad that you brought that up. Like, Leas Anderson's like a good looking kid, and then they, they drafted some donkey from the Czech League who's like nasty, <laughs> but he, he looks terrible. That's the meanest thing I've ever heard, a donkey from the Czech League. All right, let's... <laughs> Let's wrap that one up. Uh, my zero of the week, we've kind of talked about the NHL being idiots. I think your zero is kind of right along the line. So real, real fuck the NHL week here at uh, the Morning Skate. Calgary-Boston is being discussed for a two-game series in China uh, per the league and NHLPA. So they're trying to expand <coughs> Europe or Asia, play a couple regular season games out there. Makes me think, dude, if only the NHL had a platform where they could take their best talent and bring it to Asia for Asians to fall in love with hockey. What a crazy concept that would be. If only there was something coming up this month where the NHL could have actually had some of their best players go out and play there. Like, wouldn't have that been a perfect world instead of taking uh, home games away from two teams and having them go to Asia? Like, I mean, if only something like that fell in their lap and they can totally blow it. Um, can you tell me why... Whenever there's any sort of Asian talk in the NHL, the NHL's like, hey, Boston, go do your thing. Yeah, because uh, although he was inducted into uh, that Hockey Hall of Fame this year, our owner, uh, Jeremy Jacobs, is the type of guy that you would think has a couple sweatshops in Asia. Uh, 
Um, he has a partnership with some Asian business company. How legitimate it is, I don't know. These are all speculations on my part. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. So this is a guy, to sum up Jeremy Jacobs, this is a guy who pledged you to build like 10 rinks in like the inner city of Boston like 10 years ago. And then uh, like last year, like the inner city was kind of like, uh, hey, Bruins, like remember like 10 years ago, you guys like promised us our rinks. And Jeremy Jacobs was basically like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. But eventually he had to build them because there's a lot of fire underneath them. My point being is we're just a sketchy ownership, $25 beers. So Jeremy Jacobs is pretty much Michael Scott in that one episode where he promises all the inner city kids he's going to pay for them to go to college and then he just buys them textbooks. I honestly, dude, I can't finish Scott's Tots. That is the hardest television to watch. Like, I always, whenever I'm flicking through Office episodes, I'm like, ooh, I really want to watch an episode right now. Every time I stop, I'm like, fuck, it would be awesome to watch Scott's Tots. That is such a funny episode. I get like seven minutes in and I feel so uncomfortable watching that shit. Hey, yeah. what is it? Hey, Mr. Scott, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make our dreams come true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I can't pay for your college. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, great reference. So, yeah, basically the Bruins probably have ties to Chinese mob, but Scott's Tots, if you haven't watched that episode, that is unreal. My favorite part of that episode, since we're really spinning off, is uh, right off the bat when <laughs> Stanley Hudson pulls out the newspaper from like 10 years earlier. And he's like, oh, it's finally that day. <laughs> you know, he's been, like, waiting for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. And my zero are the NHL players who now all of a sudden are upset that they're not going to the Olympics. Um, when it first came out, Ovechkin was the only player in the league who was like, I'm going to go play regardless. And, like, it was a very hard out thing for him to say, whatever. But now that I'm kind of recognizing, so now all the players are now throwing a hissy fit about this now that we're a month away. Don't you think it would have been probably a little bit better if they started fucking throwing a hissy fit back when Ovi was throwing a hissy fit and kind of all go together as one? Now you have Dylan Larkin like commenting on uh, the NHL All-Star game with Olympics with three question marks. Like, If you guys didn't stand up with Ovechkin, then just shut the fuck up, honestly. Do you agree with that, disagree with that? I, th- I think... It- the only way that something could have been done is if when Ovi was like, hey, listen to what's going on. Because you imagine if, like, Sidney Crosby and, I don't know, other players, uh, Patty Kane for the United States, like, Kopitar, like, all the leaders of their countries were like, yeah, we're still going to the Olympics, what the NHL would have been able to do there. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right on that. I never really thought about it when these players started making these comments, like, in the last month. It's a little late for that. You're 100% right, dude, because if the NHL's players refuse... If they, like, started, like, a lockout or something like that, like, the, the NHL would be fucked. Like, it would be a really crazy situation. Unfortunately, knowing the NHL, we'd probably just somehow end up in a lockout for, like, six years. But, yeah, dude, I mean, if you didn't say anything then, especially if you're Dylan Larkin. Like, Dylan Larkin, you're not even sniffing the U.S. Olympic team. Like, <laughs> why, are, why are you commenting on this? Like, oh, Dylan Larkin's pissed we're not going to the Olympics. Dylan Larkin, you would have been watching on your fucking couch anyway, dude. Like, yeah. what's that to you? Yeah, no, I it it didn't make sense to me. It would have been cool because, like, obviously, I I wasn't that big of a fan because with Ovi and he's from Russia and he's never won before. But like, I'm just saying, if Sidney Crosby and like Henrik Lundqvist for Sweden, Kopitar, uh, Drysider, like all those guys were like, hey, listen, we're we're gonna go play. The, the NHL would have been screwed. So they waited too long. So my zero of the week are those fucking idiots. There you go. All right, last topic time. Three stars. Hit the music. Morning, right, Jim and Mike. Thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go in Rogers' hometown hockey. Uh, three stars of the week. It actually kind of plays into what we were saying, how the NHL sucks. 
uh, Vince McMahon is now making the XFL. If you haven't heard about that, then you probably just should, you know, stick to art or whatever the fuck you guys do in your weird time. But I saw this question on Reddit. I thought it was pretty good. The question is, if Vince McMahon started an XHL, what kind of gimmicks or rule changes would that league have? So our three stars of the week are the three rule changes that Vince McMahon would institute in the XHL. So do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, my first one's not really that spectacular, but it's spectacular to me. It's fireworks in the arena. I mean, point blank, dude, if you've ever been to an arena football game, when those fireworks go off, it's unreal. I remember uh, the Albany Thunderbirds or Firebirds or whatever they were. They won a couple of arena ch- titles. I remember being like six years old and the fucking fireworks went off and shitting my pants. So, uh, I need more fireworks in the arena. Like, it's cool that, like, the Blue Jackets have, like, that, like, cannon go off or whatever. Let's see a little more electricity for the goal celebrations. I agree with that. I mean, one of my favorite movies is called Ready to Rumble. It was a wrestling movie. And they're walking out to the thing and the guy goes, watch out for the pyro. And, like, he walks down and he's like, wait, what'd you say? And then the fire goes off and he gets lit on fire. I think you need more shit like that, because that's entertaining, dude. Can you imagine, like, fucking seeing Radko Gudis walk out with just, like, fire everywhere? It would make sense. He was, he was like, Satan. What was that movie you just referenced? Ready to Rumble, and don't judge it, man, because if you, if you watch it, it's with, uh, fuck, uh, the weird dude from the Scream movies, the, uh, the public safety officer, Dewey, is that his name? I don't know. He, he, was, know he is... was married to the girl from Friends. You should you should tweet out a picture. Uh, you should tweet out a picture of your DVD collection because I think it's one of the most electric DVD collections I've ever seen. Do my thing. Uh, my first star of the week. I think this is pretty clear. You keep fighting, but you add sticks and props, just like the WWE. So they can use their sticks. They can use Gatorade coolers on the bench. They can use their skates. I think that'd be pretty cool. It's it'd literally just be a giant battle royale. Yeah, I mean, my counterpoint is, like, like, chairs and, like, whatever you need to use. Sticks scares the shit out of me, dude. Like, I mean, ever since I saw Carl Racky fucking flinging his stick around in Youngblood, like, that scares the living shit out of me. I don't know, I don't know if I could watch guys fucking club each other over the head. Like, it would be electric, sure, but, like, can you imagine on a nightly basis if there's a Marty McSorley situation happening? I would watch every night. <laughs> all right so, so, all right we're gonna move on from the martin McSparley proposition uh i totally get where you're coming from by the way i'm sorry i shit on it when you uh when you get a penalty uh i think players there shouldn't be a time it shouldn't be like two minutes for roughing or five minutes for fighting uh when you get in the penalty box you have to hack a dart and you have to pound a tall boy once you've done those two things you're allowed to rejoin the team on the ice so it really comes down to how big of a nail gun you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, if you get in a fight, it gets elevated to the, probably call it like, uh, <laughs> instead of saying like two minutes, five minutes for fighting, it would be like two locos for fighting. So players have to chug two, four locos. Once they're done, they can get out of the box. That's a corporate sponsorship. That's money coming in. Uh, I think if there's one league that could really get behind a four loco, it would be an XFL hockey type situation. <laughs> I like that. I like that for sure. It adds sponsorship so you don't have to put uh, stuff on the jerseys. So, like, the darts could be Marlboros or Camera Crushes, and then the beers you could do Bush Lights or, like, Natty Light or something like that. And that I like that. That's not a bad idea. Here's another idea, dude. I want to throw this by you. Because if you think about, like, wrestling, like, they all have their own, like, kind of uniforms and stuff. Would you be down for a team that's uniforms or that they didn't have any uniforms? Just didn't wear jerseys? jerseys. Or socks? Wow. That would, would be 
Yeah, that'd be kind of sick. I remember uh, flashback senior year. I was on Power Play one, but I hadn't been on Power Play one yet in, in the high school, and uh, we didn't have a jersey. So I was out there without a jersey on on the power play in front of the net. So that was always just kind of like a, you know, pat on the back for me being on the first power play unit. <laughs> what's your what's your second star? Second star. There's been a lot of controversy about uh, women's hockey and all this stuff. The WWE does it right. They have WWE divas where they have their own matches and they keep them on the same scale as the men. Let's let's try XHL divas, dude. Let's get Hillary Knight out there. Let's get uh, Amanda Kessel out there. And just let them wheel around, do their thing, play against each other. It kind of adds like the intermission or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate the idea. Um, you, yeah, I'm for. I mean, that is a good point, dude. All the way around. It is. Uh, so my last one, my first star, popular, popular topics of the podcast. Uh, Mike Milbury and Jeremy Roenick should be the co-commissioners. Uh, Ken kind of brought up a point to me that I didn't even know existed because I'm not a huge wrestling fan. You can you can chastise that for me, but apparently there's like Raw and SmackDown are two different things. So give Millberry one conference, JR the different conference, and then maybe have the Vince McMahon. This might not make that much sense, but I think if you had Don Cherry as the head of the league and he was just rambling about Canadian farm boys like fighting, I think that would be uh, maybe the greatest leadership you could have for a hockey league. See, I would have Don Cherry on the mic like, announcing, announcing the games. And then, I mean, a big part of being, like, the head of Raw and SmackDown is you got to be able to be on the mic. And I think giving Jeremy Roenick and Mike Milbury a mic and being like, you can say whatever you want would be some fucking absolute shit. Here's another thing, dude. What if you could, like, uh, what if you could, like, in wrestling, you could, like, tag team guys? So, like, say you were playing this team and there was this guy that cheap shot a guy on another team. You can tag that guy in to go out on the ice for a shift to try to fight I like that. Yeah. All right. What's your uh, What's your first star? My first star is uh, every every time a team plays a rival, so like Rangers, Islanders, or Rangers Devils, it's not just a regular game. It's a it's like a steel cage match where the glass is surrounded by barbed wire, and like some of the boards have like little sticks hanging out from them, and just make it like make it where like you know these players are gonna fucking feel it afterwards. I think that'd be kind of sick. <laughs> Yeah, dude, bar, I think almost every single ring should have just barbed wire on it. I think it adds an element just to the game and the atmosphere all the way around. I mean, barbed wire rings I've ever played in one of the stories. Sounds awesome. Barbed wire is probably the most underrated thing that can, like, really, like, emphasis nails. Yeah, dude, you put, I mean, barbed wire tattoos, barbed wire fences. Right, dude, you don't fuck with a guy with a barbed wire tattoo, dude. That guy's seen some shit. If you see, if you just drive by a yard in the country and you see a guy and he just has like piles of barbed wire out there, you're like, I'm not going to that house. Mm-mm. That guy probably <laughs> killed somebody before. All right, those are those are our three stars of the week. Um, thanks for tuning in. Keep tuning in. Keep telling all your friends about it. Uh, if you're listening, listen closely. If you don't follow us on Twitter, go on, go to Twitter, search morning underscore skate, and follow us there. Furthermore, if you have a Facebook, it's 2018, you should. Go to our Facebook page, Facebook slash Morning Skate, and like us and share with all your friends. We're trying to blow this up a little bit here. So, um, yeah, Hal, do you have anything else? Are you good? I think I'm good to go, man. I have a, have a jolly Monday. And, uh, yeah. Oh, one prediction. Let's get a prediction and one prediction for the All-Star game. Um, What's yours? I don't know, dude. I asked you first. My, my, Mike Smith MVP, dude. You always take the worst player and give him the MVP award. 
Who's Mike? Oh, Mike Smith, dude. No, wouldn't Brian Boyle probably get the MVP? Yeah, I, I yo, I can I texted you guys this last night. I cannot believe Brian Boyle's an NHL All Star. Yeah, it's an awesome story, and it's cool. I mean, what he's gone through this year and how well he's played, but it is kind of crazy to hear Brian Boyle, NHL All-Star. Right? I mean, what, what was it, like three years ago, Matt Karkner was just feeding him his fucking lunch while nobody did anything about it, and now this guy's fucking in the NHL All-Star game? Was it Bieksa that threw his helmet at him? Yep, yeah, yep. He's had a few helmets thrown at him. Uh, Boyle's seen some shit, dude. All right, well, let's hope Boyle doesn't see any shit tonight, dude. Fair enough. All right, until next week. Thank you.